Hello and welcome to Rogue Business with me, your host, Rasheen Hawley. This podcast is all about embracing the unconventional when it comes to running a business, even when things are a little bit unpolished. My mission is to help you learn about leadership, autonomy, scaling, systems, everything that you need to stay true to your values and make bank in the process. If you're seeking a fresh perspective on success without compromising who you are, what you do and the magic behind your business, this podcast is for you. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Rogue Business. My name is Ro, and I'm keen to get into this juicy one today. Um, oof, today's episode is going to be about things that I've changed my mind on recently and evidence that I have to support that. Um, and just open these conversations around why I've changed my mind and and give some alternatives of what I think might be some helpful conversation to open up further into what's a different way to look at it. Um, and before we get into the six things that I want to chat about today, I think it's like just really important to put it out there that like it's so fucking normal that you're going to change your mind, right? Like whether, whether you think about whatever your business is, whether you're a coach or a mentor, or a service provider, like over the time that you are in business, you're going to change the way that you do things, the way that you facilitate your services, um, how you facilitate your services, things that you might believe in that support your services. You're going to change things along the way. And that is just a normal part of being in business. And the the area and the arena of business, it's a growth echo chamber, right? So it makes sense that when we're in this thing called business, and you're going to be learning and growing and, and evolving, like it makes sense that things aren't going to necessarily stay the same that they were in year one to year two to year three. And it's so important to make sure that you're meeting like your growth and you're meeting your evolution as a person and in your business proactively because often I will see business owners like almost being afraid to make changes or to step into, you know, voicing what they've changed their mind on or or making changes in their business because of their evolution, because they're worried about how the change will impact clients, how the change will impact, you know, their revenue, how the change will impact the success of their business. And I get that, like, fuck yeah, I get that. But the worst thing that you can do is continue to run a business that doesn't feel truly aligned or doesn't support your thoughts, your vision, your feelings, and what's, you know, this, in the same token, what, how that encompasses your clients. Like if you're running a business and there's like disconnect, um, like that feels really shit. Like it feels really, really shit. So I'm, uh, it, it's this just confirmation that, hey, things will change. And that is part of the territory, especially when you're in business, which is an arena that has got growth popping off left, right and center. So with the things that I've changed my mind on recently, um, I'm going to get into like a really just big one straight up. And the first point that I want to talk about is that it's not all brand. So as I'm recording this podcast, I definitely think the conversation about brand has chilled out a bit, <clears throat> but I would say like three to six months ago, I saw this conversation about brand in service-based businesses just being like fucking petrol on fire. And it was like, it's all brand. Everything is about brand. Focus on brand and your business will flourish. And, you know, like, I love brand. I think that brand is so powerful and I, and I find it really, really fun. Um, and in where I'm at in business now, like brand does matter, but it's not like even when I'm in business like 10 years in, it's still, in my opinion, not the number one fucking thing to, to grow your business. So let's discuss what brand is first. And then I'm going to talk about like, another way to think about it. So brand is this intangible like marketing concept that helps people to recognize your business, your services, your products, right? It's this like outward appearance. It's this feeling. It's this energy that helps 
someone distinguish how your business and your brand is different to someone else in the market. And when we think about brand and how to build a brand, you know, I like to think about it in two ways. I like to think about it with your brand elements um, and your brand elements are those aesthetic components. So you've got your color, um, your logo, your headings, your typo- like typography, um, how you utilize photos and the treatment on photos, videos. Then you've got stuff, you know, like tone of language, slogan, that kind of feel that starts to bring the brand elements to life. And then I like to think about the other side of brand, which is your brand identity and brand personality. And I like to think about them as one. And that's really where all of those like visual elements start to pop. And that is going to be done more so through your tone of language, through the energy, through your representation of values and beliefs and, you know, what you stand for and more importantly, what you stand against in your business. So your brand identity, I always like to say to to my mentees, like if you have a brand and someone were to like imagine your brand is a person and someone were to meet your your brand for the first time, like how would they describe your brand if it was a person and how would they describe how they engage and how they feel when they're engaging with your business? Um, And it's all about like imagining that your business is a person and how people experience interaction, services, um, you know, being in the space of your brand. And when we think about the identity, that's when things like values and beliefs and what we stand for and what we stand against matter so much because that's what's going to bring like depth to your brand. um, And that's what's going to be able to then build those relationships with your current clients and with future clients by really, really cementing and anchoring into values, beliefs, the why, you know, why your business exists, why your business was created and what it does for your clients. And then when we think about that identity, you know, the core framework of like who your business is and then we think about personality that's when we get to think about those really cool traits like think about like personality traits right and you get to have you get to create whatever the fuck you want and that's why I think like branding is so cool and so like powerful because in my business um, Barbell Babes Brigade we like we have created a brand that is so quintessentially BBB that she is like a living, breathing force of her own. And that's done through all of these elements. It's done through your, you know, brand elements, your aesthetic elements, your colors, look, et cetera, et cetera. And it's also done by really forging the way that we write copy and the way that we speak online and the resources that we create and the experience that we facilitate both online and offline. And that's what becomes like so quintessentially BBB that when people are reading stuff or when they come to our home for a comp or when they experience our in-house lifting parties, like it's all BBB like supercharged. And you can see that like when it comes to me describing brand, like I love it. And there's so many amazing components of it. But to focus only and first and foremost on brand and that be like the major thing, I think is really like naive when it comes to being in a service-based industry. So when we're in a service-based industry, think about it. You know, like I'm offering services to clients And we want them to, one, come, two, experience the amazing services and get results from it, and then three, continue to stay in the business and come back, right? And so when we think about a service-based industry, if you want to continue to have people come into your business and then stay in your business, what's going to keep them there? Service. Right. And that's not just to say that's not saying that service is described as just value inclusions. And this is what you get from, you know, paying your money and being here like service is the value inclusions, the things that you get. But also it's like how you experience these services. What's the relationships like for the facilitation? What's the services like to to live and breathe through themselves? And how do we facilitate the results and what does it feel like to facilitate the results? So if you think about one of my 
business is BBB. We are a fitness business. I own a gym um, and we are a coached gym. So meaning we don't have any memberships that it's just like you have a gym membership. Everyone in our facility has got coaching to some extent. And you know, it's not it's not just about, hey, you come, these are your services, and then cool, all good. It's like, how do we get you from A to B with your results? And how does that feel? It's not just getting someone strong. It's getting someone strong while they're enjoying the process and learning about what they're doing and training, like increasing their training literacy and building connections amongst our community and building depth with our relationships with the coaches and forging fitness a different way. Like it's not just the actual, you know, black and white one, two, three, four inclusions that they get, but it's how they experience the inclusions. And when we think about growing a business, first and foremost, like you need to have a fucking solid service and a service that someone experiences in a really impactful way. Because it's not enough to just have like, hey, this is an amazing service. I don't know why people aren't getting results from it or experiencing it. It's not just about here's your inclusions. It's around the benefits that they receive. It's around the experience that they live through. It's about the relationships they forge. And when you continue to do that and focus on that and focus on the humans that purchase your services and are populating your services, you are going to get them better results and you're going to give them an experience which feels fucking amazing and it's just this beautiful melting pot of our clients are getting served and when you continue to serve your clients get them results whatever that looks like for them keep them in services that they experience and have so much fun with like of course they're going to come back and of course they're going to speak to friends family share organic stuff on socials put up lifting videos whatever right and that's going to be something that impacts the growth of your business going forward because word of mouth in a service-based industry is like the most the biggest lead generation strategy and it really baffles me when business owners will say oh you know I can't lead generate but my word of mouth and referrals are always really high and I'm like well that is lead generation that is the most beautiful form of lead generation and you've got to think about it like when you get clients results and they want to continue to come back they're going to be out there talking about your business they're going to be in their workplaces you know talking about what they did in the gym or talking about that pb that they hit you know people are going to be asking them what they're up to after work and so when you've got people that genuinely fucking love what they do with you and your services they're going to be like walking billboards for you and that to me is so powerful and so yes brand is important because when they go ahead and talk to you know their co-workers their co-workers might see them sharing your stuff on their instagram and then that coworker can go back to your platform, your Instagram page, and, and then when they land on the Instagram page, they're then going to be immersed in your brand, right? And so it is a confirmation. It is a it is then showing that coworker when they go to the Instagram profile, like it's that recognizable space. It's that shop front. It's that identifying markers of what your business does who your business is for and is this going to be a business and brand that can support the coworker? And so, yes, it does bolster it, but it's not necessarily that, you know, the brand is always going to be the attracting factor. Definitely it can be, but in my opinion, when you've got clients that are getting amazing results and talking about your business and you love them and they're your dream clients, like wouldn't you want to, if, if you love that client, they're gonna have other people that are going to be like them that will be potential great clients for you in the future. So continuing to focus on services, continuing to focus on your current clients, like if you're not doing that in a service-based industry, you can be focusing on brand, 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 lead generating, all that kind of stuff. And it can feel a bit fruitful, fruitless at, at times. But if you do it and focus on your clients, it's a much smarter way to build, build your business and it's getting your clients the results that they're paying for and the, re the reason that they're in your business. Like it's so important to understand why clients come to you and why clients stay. And when you focus on those things and double the fuck down, watch your business absolutely grow. 
and then sprinkle your brand alongside that, cement your results, cement your relationships, cement all that kind of stuff with your brand identity and your brand elements. And that's going to be the like the framework that encapsulates what you're actually doing. So I don't think it's all brands. And I think it's it's important to recognize that we are in a service-based industry. And when we're in a service-based industry, you know, people are going to talk. Like I think about, I've purchased, I don't know, like a number of services over the last month. Um, what have I purchased? Uh, I purchased, purchased, I don't know, is that the right word? I engaged in new, like I got a new accountant. Um a financial planner, um, myotherapy treatment. Like that's three things that's coming off my head straight away. And I did not Google search any of those. They were all referrals, all word of mouth. Um, And then actually what I did do is word of mouth. And then I go to different platforms, different websites, different Instagrams um, to then bolster that decision to, to give me an idea of how this person is, how this business is. And that's exactly what happens is that if I think about one of those services, yeah, cool, I'm looking for this service. Hey, friend, do you know anyone? Yep, absolutely, these people are great. I'll then search for them, go to their Instagram. And then when you go to the Instagram, you'll get that shopfront identity identity markers and identity kind of feeling recognizable space. And you go, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, like I really vibe this. Um, I like the way this person is talking about X, Y, Z. I'm keen as to, you know, get on a phone call. So brand is important, but I think it's been pushed for the last year as being like the major thing, whereas I don't think that's the case. I think it's a really good bolster and I think it's a really good depth place to like focus on to increase depth and relationship, but focus on your fucking services first and foremost, focus on your clients and everything else follows from there. So that's the first one. The second one, um, oh, building profit. I, how many years ago do I think, like whenever um, Profit First came out, Mike McCallowitz, McCallowitz, however the fuck you say his last name. Um, there was this like big profit first like mindset. And I 110% like used to think that building profit was like absolutely essential. But I like, I, and this might sound really counterintuitive, but there's so much more to it. And I don't necessarily think that it's profit first. Boom. Fucking drop a bomb. So let me add some context to this. So the profit first mentality um, is build in your profits into your business first and then work around that. So, you know, really making sure that you're aware of this is the profit margin that I want. This is how I uh, separate my profit margin, putting it into account and then navigating your operating expenses and um, your money that's coming in, understanding those two core components and then understanding what business you need to drive. So it's basically putting profit first as it suggests. Now, I don't necessarily operate that way anymore. Um, And that's because I'm going to give you a bit of an insight into where my brain is with business. Like giving, having a profit margin and saying, hey, this is what your profit margin should be. I think like doesn't give enough context to what actually goes on in your business and what decisions you make. Now, first and foremost, let's get it fucking out in the air that you have to have profit and you have to have a healthy amount of money circulating in your business to make decisions. I'm not saying that profit doesn't matter. I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm saying that there's more to this. So if you've got a business where there is literally no fucking profit, you're going to find it really hard to navigate business. You're not going to be able to make decisions. You're not going to have excess cash. Cash flow is going to feel fucked up. Um, And you're not going to have, yeah, like you're not going to have that like breathing room to go ahead and make decisions. And that's what I like to think about profit as. It's like breathing room, basically. It gives you space in your business to make decisions, to pay for things, to... um, you know, move forward with your business without being so tied down to like every cent and every dollar. So profit is absolutely fucking essential. But to say, hey, you must have this particular profit margin and you must die on that hill and that's the only thing. I think like when I think about it in that way, I don't agree because 
what I like to do and think about with my profit is like, well, if this is how much money I've got and this is the profit margin, what do I want to do with this? Do I want to keep it in the business? Do I want to keep it as breathing room or do I want to potentially skim into some of that profit to make some further decisions, which might mean that it's going to drop my profit margin and going to take some of that money out, but I get to go and buy this piece of equipment or invest more in my staff or upgrade something in the gym or pay myself more or put on to marketing or whatever it might be. Like I get to do that. That's my fucking decision as a business owner. So when it, like for context, I have two, two companies. So the profit margins for both of the companies are very fucking different. Like, first of all, I've got a brick and mortar business, a gym. And when you've got a brick and mortar business, like, it's a no-brainer. Your fucking expenses are so much higher. A gym is a literal money pit in the best way possible that I want to continue to be involved in. But I'm dealing with, you know, rent and um, body corp and electricity and rates and fucking cleaners and absolutely everything, right? And then I'm also dealing with stuff wages, superannuation, um, you know, spending money on purchasing new things and upgrading things and equipment breaking and all this kind of shit. So there's just so many things, more things that need to be considered versus my other company, which is predominantly an online based company. And my expenses are very, very low. Um, you know, I've got my subscriptions. Um, I've got those normal things that I need to pay for. I've got my um, OBM that I, I pay for to help me with admin and, and all that kind of stuff. But I just don't have more of those physical expenses to contend with. So the profit margins, first and foremost, are going to be really different. But whatever the percentage is, so like, you know, because I have been running my two businesses for a number of years, I know, like on average, what our profit margins are. Um, and I'm a bit hesitant to give a percentage because it kind of like, you know, reinforces that, hey, this is a number and, you know, look for it. But long story short, like it, it just makes sense that if you've got a profit margin associated with a brick and mortar business, that it makes sense that it's probably going to be lower than an online business. And there has been this rhetoric that I've read and seen recently that it's like, you know, if you've got an online business and people are purchasing a lot of mentoring and a lot of education, they're saying, well, it's a business expense. And I'm saying, well, yeah, it can absolutely be. And you can, you know, write it off and do whatever there. But like, if that is an expense that you need to continue to run the business and that's like an ongoing thing, like, I don't know. Like, I think there's some fucking shit that needs to be looked at there. You know, I, I, I'm i a mentor myself. Like, I believe in mentoring. I have a mentor myself. I invest money. I facilitate with services. I know the importance of time collapsing, of what can happen when you've got people that can help you go where you want to go, that have might have been where you are before, um, or offer skills to help you get there. Like, I fucking get it. But if your expenses are 110% constant to make sure that you actually just show the fuck up and do the thing. Like we have to be thinking like, is that something that we need to be looking at? And as I'm just explaining these points, like it's not that I'm pro, well, it's not that I'm against obviously mentorship. Like it's the work that I do. I believe in it so much, but I do think that there is a time and place for, hey, let's do what we need to do. And then let's see if we can like work with those skills like I have a mentor and I'm 10 years in and I know that I need things facilitated with me through business, but I'm also not like 110% reliant on these things to help me move because I'm a business owner that's been in business for, for over 10 years. And so when you think about an online business, like the expenses associated, yes, you'll have more money right? Because theoretically, you don't have a brick and mortar, you don't have those expenses, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to just blow it on shit and you have to blow it and spend it all the time. But that also does mean that you do get to, to spend whatever you want, right? It's all about having excess cash. And so the point to bring these together is that when you've got profit, you've got excess cash, whether it's a brick and mortar business, whether it's online business, and you get to decide what the fuck you want to do with it. And you need to decide, is that relevant for your business model? So for me, when I've got a profit margin associated with my brick and mortar gym, 
I need to be keeping some of that money in the business. I need breathing room because sometimes we have expenses that come out of the blue and we need cash, we need cash flow or um, we need, I want to buy something for a competition. Um, you know, like recently we had another sanction comp and the microphone that was last time wasn't working so well. So I had to go and chill out, you know, 700 bucks for a new microphone, a new system. Like I need to have money and I need to have breathing room to do that kind of stuff at whim. So I'm not going to eat into my profit margins. I'm going to quote unquote, like save and have more breathing room because I know the nature of what that business entails. And there are things that I need sometimes immediately. And if I don't have breathing room, I'm unable to do that, right? Then if you think about my online business, like it's very, from the history of what I've seen and done, it's very rare that I need to do something like that. So I can eat into my profit margins a bit more or or transfer money out or decide to invest with that money. So it's all about recognizing that if you've got your profit, look to understand first of all, how much breathing room you need to just operate and then what's the excess on top of that and what are you going to do with that? So I don't want there to be a misconception that profit is usable money. Profit is, you know, you've got this breathing room and you can decide to keep it in the business or take it off and and decide what you want to do with that. So in my brick and mortar business, if I've got, uh, you know, a 30% profit margin, I know that I'm going to be keeping as, much of that profit in the business because eventually uh, it you know lots of it's going to be spent and invested back into the business and then there's going to be times where it's like you know what I'm going to take off more money on that profit for whatever other decision that I want if I think about last financial year um, I utilized a lot of profit in my businesses to buy um, new property myself so you know we kept money in the business for breathing room, for extra, for all that kind of stuff. But then I skimmed off um, and I allocated, skim off sounds actually really dodgy. I allocated that profit margin to my myself as the business owner because I wanted to purchase more property and I wanted to have a down, I needed to have a down payment. So I took that profit and I took it from both businesses and the tax, you know, tax man um, did whatever they needed to do to allocate tax installments, et cetera, et cetera. But I made a decision based on what I wanted at that point in time. This next financial year that I'm currently in now, I'm opening a new gym in Queensland. So I'm going to be keeping a lot of that money, a lot of that excess profit in the business. Um, And then when I open a new gym halfway through next year, I will be using those extra profit margins to invest back into a new facility um, and make decisions there. Also, what I've done with excess profit margins recently is that I haven't skimmed it off or I haven't, you know, allocated it to myself. I've invested it back into my team and I've given pay rises. So this is the thing about profit. Like profit is fucking essential, but profit margins, I think that it's like less about being tied down to this is what your brick and mortar business should make of 30%. This is what your online business of, you know, 40 to 50% must make. Yeah, cool. Those are all good and well, but like, what does that actually mean? And what do you want to do with that money? And And what is that, like, how is that important to you as the business owner and CEO of your business? And then that's so fucking cool that that can change again. Do you know what I mean? So it's like recognizing what breathing room you need, what's the excess on top of that, and what the fuck do you want to do with that excess? You might want to pay yourself dividends at the end of the year. Um, For a good few years, I was doing that. Like when we had profit... I'd have my breathing room and then I would give myself a payout towards the end of the year with excess and I'd go and do whatever I wanted to do. Like one year I remember buying, um, setting up our home gym. And so I was like, cool, we've got profit margin. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Another year I was like, I actually don't want anything. So I'm just going to leave it in the business. I don't want to do anything with it. Um, And then another year it was like, cool, I'm going to actually use that profit and go ahead and, you know, purchase new new equipment or upgrade certain things. And that's what I did coming into the new gym. And we got comp spec stuff, et cetera, et cetera. So profit margin is essential, but there's so much more to it. And I think the conversation where business owners get trapped is like, here's your profit margin. Make sure you're hitting it. Profit first mentality. Yes, it's fucking important because it's breathing room and options. But what you choose to do with that profit is entirely up to you with your own personal decisions and also with the nature of your business. Okay. So the next thing that I want to talk about for point number three is this thing of like not everything in your business is your responsibility, which, whoa, that might sound, 
I don't know. It might sound however you're going to receive it. But one thing that I used to always say is like, everything is my responsibility. Everything comes back to me. I am the business owner. This is my thing. This is my business. You know, when things are going good, it's my responsibility. When things are going bad, it's my responsibility. And there's truth to me believing in some aspects of that. But then there's also truth to believe that, you know what? No, like with where I'm at in business, I've got staff and I've got a team and they have responsibility in their roles that impact the business. Um, And it's like, I used, like, I believe in total fucking ownership. But I think what happened for me is that, like, I fucking owned everything and everything that wasn't about my actions. So, yes, I am the person that's paying the bills. I am the person that's paying the tax. I am the person that is taking the risk. But that doesn't mean that people in my business, whether they're employed by me or whether they're paying me my services, they still have a responsibility for what they're doing. So that might sound like an interesting point here, but I'm going to talk about both of them. So in my team, we are a team of six. Yes, six, including myself. (laughs) And those six people have got responsibilities. You know, my gym manager has got responsibilities to deliver her roles and responsibilities. She has got things that she must do every single week to drive outcomes to grow our business. That's part of her role. You know, my coaches have got responsibilities to be on time, to show up to their sessions, to write their programs, to facilitate conversations, to do all those kind of things. That is their responsibility. My... OBM, you know, that I pay for my mentoring business. Um, you know, her, her responsibility is to get things to me in a timely manner when I request them. And yes, they are still all doing work that's associated with my businesses. But guess what? Like if my gym manager doesn't do her job and we don't get the leads, like that's not my thing. That's her thing to look at also. And yeah, I'm the one that would be bearing the brunt of the work not being done because ultimately, like, you know, she's not going to necessarily feel like the, the, the hardship with cash flow if we don't get leads in. But if she doesn't do her work, she's going to feel the hardship of us having to have a conversation around you're not delivering your role and this is how it's impacting the business and we need to do something about it. And so I think that like, especially when you, like for me, I was someone that was like, this is all coming back to me. And there's elements of that to be true that yes, there are things that will come back to me because I'm the one signing, you know, approving the accounts and looking at the P&Ls and stuff like that. But if someone isn't taking responsibility for their part in my business too, then conversations are going to be had. And that yeah, like that's how I feel now because it's a trade. Like that person is facilitating their role within my business and I am paying them their wage, right? I'm not only just paying them their wage, but I'm giving them a role. I'm giving them a career. I'm giving them space to learn. I'm giving them support, blah, 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 blah. And if that trade is not met on both respects, then we're going to have, you know, we're going to have some issues going forward. So not everything in my business is my responsibility, there's people that are involved that, you know, they need to do their stuff. And if they don't, then we need to have a conversation about it. And in the same token, like clients, right? Like clients that are paying for your services. Um, actually, I'm going to talk about this because this is something that has happened this week. You know, if I've got a client that is paying me for services, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do what I need to do to help facilitate conversations to help them with their business, um, convers- like resources to help them move forward. Same if you're offering services in you know, fitness. Here is your services. I'm going to be giving you the program, the session, the conversations, blah, blah, blah. If that client isn't showing up, and not doing what they need to do to engage in your services. This is not a conversation of like, oh, you don't want it hard enough. You know, this is on you. This is not what this is about. But there is a responsibility on their behalf, even though they're paying services to you for them to stay in that. 
you know like i coach um like five like five lifting clients um and i fucking love them dearly and i love continuing to do that as a part of my my work um and one of the ladies like she's an online client and like i can tell when people don't watch their loom recording of their lifting because it gives a notification and i did a loom and i had questions about where she's going for like where we're looking at for sitting in the scene for powerlifting comps right and it's like i just said to her like i can like you you know i need you to i need you to watch this because your bench this week didn't pull over the cues that I talked about, like you're just doing the same fucking thing. And I asked questions about where we're going for 2024. Like I need to know this because we're planning. And I just said like, I need you to do this. And like, I can't help you if you're not going to answer questions to me. Do you know what I mean? And then I start to open conversation. I'm not just a fucking rude bitch. I'm like, you know, where is your head at? What's going on? Blah, 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 blah. Do we need to have a look at some other stuff? But I can, I'll still open, you know, beautiful conversation, well-rounded perspective to understand, okay, this might be going on, but at the same token, like I'm not going to fucking beat my head against a wall when I've opened conversation and, and there's nothing that's been met. Do you know what I mean? And I was just real straight up. I was like, bruh, you need to watch your shit. And she's like, yeah, fuck, sorry. Do you know what I mean? So like there is responsibility, even though someone is paying your services. And I think it's important to recognize that it's not about like hanging shit on people and it's not a being about like you're not getting results because you're not doing the thing. But it's this recognition piece that like you can only do what you can do with how you show up and how the other person shows up. It, it definitely takes two to fucking tango. So like it's especially when you've got staff as an example, like, yeah, there are parts that are their responsibility and it is so reasonable for you to expect them to show up in that space and deliver what they need to deliver and if you're not getting the results from their role and what the work that they're doing then conversations need to be had around their autonomy and how they're showing up in their space because how can you say that that's your responsibility when this is also the case of someone else so I've changed my mind on that um I used to definitely take everything was like, this is all my stuff. I need to do better. I need to figure out how I'm going to help this client and the staff member. I'm going to see what structures I need to put in place, what meetings I need to put in place. And it's like, you know what? Sometimes you can fucking do all that and other people don't do what they need to do. And you need to have conversations around, bruh, (laughs) like what's actually going on here. So that's number three. Number four, um, I think these last ones sound a little bit, I don't know, just a little bit brash, but hey, this is, this is fucking what we're doing here, right? Um, number four is not everyone deserves your time. <laughs> not everyone deserves your time, especially the ones that say they're growth minded, but do fucking nothing with it. Oh, I, I used to think and like hand on my heart believe I have all the time in the world and I can just I'm sitting here smiling going I remember I've said this heaps of times of I have all the time in the world for people that want to learn hmm that's the shit that I would say I fucking don't I don't have all the time in the world for people that want to learn if they're not going to fucking do anything with it because if you're not doing anything with it and you're not making any moves and you're not making any decisions and you're not reflecting anything back that's not learning that's collecting fucking information. And the biggest thing that I see is these people that will toot on that they're quote unquote growth minded people. And then they're the ones that don't do anything with it. That's not learning. That's fucking around. That's satisfying your ego. That's, you know, that's like biasing a story. That's doing all those kind of things. But you're not actually fucking learning. You're not doing anything. So you know what? If you're not prepared to start making some moves or opening conversation further, like I don't fucking have time for it. And it's a difference between, hey, you must take action with everything and you must do X, Y, Z. That's not it. But if you have someone that is learning, trying to learn this, like learning the same topic over and over again and not showing up to conversation and not taking the concepts and not taking those lessons and delving in deeper and just staying in the same stuff like they're just fucking around right and I just do not like I'm gonna step away I have all the time in the world for people that want to step in and start making positive moves 
It doesn't have to be perfect. It can be messy. You don't have to have breakthroughs. You don't have to integrate everything. But I have time in the world for people that are genuinely like, you know what? This is fucking here. I see this and I want to start moving it. I have all the time in the world to facilitate that. But I don't have time in the world to facilitate chit chat about pop fucking psychology shit and learning the same stuff over and over again and no one doing anything about it and calling it growth. Nah, not into it. Unsubscribe. Good fucking bye. And yeah, you know what? Um, I definitely think I've had a massive shift, especially over the last year about this, is that I'm not getting trapped in, you know, the space with people where they're saying they're growth minded, but they're not doing anything about it. Because what actually, what that actually does is that it ties my time up and it ties my skills up to be able to actually work with people that are in that space and I'm a really great mentor I'm a really great leader I'm all of those things and I will help facilitate and move through blocks and move through parts where someone might not be able to take action but when you you can see and you can feel when people are just fucking around in the same kind of you know growth elements and and calling it growth when it's the same topic over and over and over again I see it and I do see it in business quite a lot is that people will say, you know, struggle with business and want to do better here and all this kind of stuff. But then they'll go and sign up for courses about programming and courses about technical expertise and all that kind of shit. And yes, that is important. Let's not mitigate that. But if you are struggling to sign clients and you don't know how to market and you don't know how to write copy and you don't know how to create content that captivates and converts, fuck, get better at that, you know, practice that, stay in that whole conversation about that. But people just don't do it. And then they think that they're growing, but they're not. They're just learning the same thing over and over again and staying in a comfort zone. So I don't have time. I don't I don't have time for everyone. Um, and yeah, that's, that's as blunted as, as it is. It's changed massively for me. Um, two more points that I want to get through. Um, the, no- the next one is about a lot of business success involves luck and not just hard work. Oh, <laughs> I, I have obviously I've changed my mind to this because this is coming into the conversation. But like I know that I've previously and many years ago was like, yeah, like it's all hard work. I've, tw- I've worked so fucking hard to do X, Y, Z. And yeah, like I have worked hard. But honestly, like there's so many elements of fucking luck and opportunity and being like in the space that I'm at from like my life and my history and where I am like you know I'm first of all I'm in the country of Australia where health and fitness is fucking mad big so many people love it like you know that's that's a huge thing like I have been in Australia for a decade now um, and prior to that, like I was, I lived in New Zealand, I'm from New Zealand. And so I came to Australia when I was like 24. So I'm actually about to turn 36 next week. Um, and I started business in Australia and health and fitness. Like I remember coming to Australia and being like, holy fuck, like everyone's like, you know, really into fitness and doing the things in New Zealand. It wasn't like that. Like I was a fucking anomaly that I went to the gym when I was at uni. And so like to be able to have a business like I do, in Australia, like that's a fucking element of luck. Like New Zealand, it's not to say that you can't in New Zealand, you absolutely can, but the opportunities over here are entirely different. Like we live in a country that, you know, we've got structures set up, we've got healthcare set up, we've got amazing benefits to the taxpayer that allow me to live a life to be able to then do these things and have a successful business without worrying about clean water and bumpy roads and in access to 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 medical care and so it's like it's opportunity it's being respectful and like recognize that the cards that I'm dealt now like I couldn't have come over to Australia and relocate my life when I was 24 25 if I hadn't had an upbringing that you know, was showing to me that you can do whatever you want to do 
to make things a reality. Like I started, I think I had my first job when I was like nine or 10. I, you know, my mum worked really, really hard. She had multiple jobs all the time. Like it's not, like I was born into that. I was born into like having someone that role modeled hard work and making things a reality and working through problems. Like I was born into New Zealand, which is a beautiful country to parents that genuinely fucking loved me and showed me how to navigate problems. And then I was able to make decisions to employ myself in, um, you know, a job where I would bike around and then walk around to hand out pamphlets into people's letterboxes. And then I was given the opportunity where I got a job at a supermarket being a checkout chick when my stepmom worked there. Like it was, it's not just hard work. Like there's luck and opportunity and like privilege that's been my life. And I think it can be so naive and so entitled and so just not on the same planet when the only conversation is, it was like just hard work, you know, because it's not, it has, it's been a lot of luck, a lot of opportunity, a lot of like how I was brought into this world and what I experience now in the country that I'm in and all this kind of stuff and my family and my support networks and et cetera, et cetera. That's not fucking luck. Like I could be someone that has no support network, that has no family, that has no options, that is in a country that doesn't give freedom and and opportunities and foundations and, and infrastructure. And that's could be a completely different conversation that we're having here. So a lot of business is involving like timing and opportunities and privilege and all these kind of things. And that's not to say that I haven't worked hard. Like I know I have, but I would wonder what my life would be like if I didn't have the history of my life of what I had. Do you know what I mean? Like, and even now, like I am a, a woman that has everything at her fingertips that is available like I'm not in a minority group I'm not I don't experience life with some challenges that so many other fucking people do and that's that's the reality of my life and I think it's just recognizing that and I think it's like recognizing and then respecting and then like checking yourself in that conversation and this is why you know it impacts decisions that I make in the gym or um, yeah opportunities that I create or moves that I make all that kind of stuff because I understand that my life is pretty fucking peachy keen to be straight up like I I mean yeah like when I think about and zoom the lens out on humanity like I got it fucking easy you know, I've got it really, really easy. And when I experience challenges in business and in life and all these kind of things, like just zooming the fucking lens out and being like, yo, like you're so sweet. You can deal with this. Like it just puts perspective on how to move. So that's point number five. Um, And then the last point that I want to talk about that I've changed my mind on is that like, I do care about what people think. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Like I think, how many years ago was this? I remember doing like, um, I was in a mentorship program and I remember like describing, um, it was like about like leadership and describing who you are and what you're about and all this kind of stuff. And I remember writing in capital letters, I-D-G-A-F, I I don't give a fuck. I don't give a flying fuck. Um, And being like, you know, I don't care what people think. And like, I'm just going to do my thing. And like being in this bratty kind of energy and being in this like rebel kind of energy of like, I can do what I want and who gives a fuck, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I definitely know that was fueled by like worry and fear about what people do actually think. And, you know, it's like an overexpression, right? Like when you, when I, when, when I remember experiencing that, I was like, I don't give a fuck. And I, I did give a fuck so fucking much that when you overexpress something, it's so that, you know, people can't sniff the truth underneath it. And when I've changed my mind on this, like, I don't feel like that now. I actually do care what people think. And I think that's a really beautiful lens to have because when I do care what people think, I think it's about, for me, it's making sure that, you know, 
whenever I'm discussing things that people feel respected, heard, seen, supported, safe, all those kind of things. So I don't want to say things that are wrong or say things that trigger or say things that create undue, you know, that, that, that spark feelings in someone that makes them feel shit or shamed or whatever it might be. Like, I don't want to do anything like that. I'm inadvertently going to like, there's going to be things that I say and do that will evoke thoughts and feelings in someone that might not be what I want, but I'm still going to consider. And it, it is something that I think about, like I am going to consider how would someone receive this? How would someone feel? And to me, like, I think that's fucking like just being a good human. So this, I don't give a fuck attitude. I do care what people think. And I think that when you, when you consider other people, that's not to say that I don't like, I don't curate myself to only go, oh, well, this is going to trigger someone or this is going to be felt the wrong way or this is going to be perceived the wrong way. I'm still going to say what I want to say, but having that lens and that caveat of like, what, how could someone perceive this? Like it, makes me stop and think before I post. It makes me stop and think before I, you know, say. It makes me stop and think before I, you know, say things to people because our words, oh, our words are powerful. And over the years, I've known that, you know, my words can either prop someone up or make someone feel like shit. And that's, it's, it can be a wand or a weapon. And I treat my, my voice and my word with that, respect because we as humans we connect with other human beings right we're humans are all about relationships we're all about depth we're all about you know that kind of experience together and if I'm intentionally well not uh, not intentionally if I'm unintentionally saying words that are driven by my own insecurities and I say something like I feel like I can change that and I feel that you know, my weapon of my mouth and my weapon of my words. It's about going, you know what, like you've got some of your own shit that needs to be dealt with because you could say the wrong thing and it's could be unintentionally really fucking hurting someone. And it's because it's driven by your own stuff. So I do care. I do care what people think. Um, It doesn't stop me from posting what I want to post and making the moves that I want to make and talking about the concepts that I want to talk about. But it does make me zoom my lens out and see how someone else might perceive it and see how it might impact them. And I think, honestly, I think that's, I think that's a really good thing to have because I've been that person that can be just a fucking, you know, I can, I can be a baddie. I can, and not in a good way. I can be like that. And I definitely many years ago, like, I was like that. And that's because there was a lot of stuff that was driven by my own shit. Um, and so it's like dropping this, I don't give a fuck attitude because I do give a fuck and I do care what people think. And that's not bad in my opinion. I think it can become a little troublesome when you think about it way too much. And then obviously you don't do anything and you curate yourself to please everyone. That's an entirely different conversation, but I think it's nice. I think it's nice to consider people. So those are the things that I've changed my mind on recently. That was a very long episode, but I'm, I'm glad I just kind of spent the time in that because I think there's um, some golden nuggets that I kind of pulled from there. Um, and the last thing that I want to wrap up with is like, like it's so fucking cool, man. It's so fine to change your mind. And it can feel a little bit like, ooh, I don't know. Like I remember, like not remember. I felt when I was planning for this episode, I was like, oh, do I want to like highlight my shit here? Um, and it made me a bit uncomfortable because I'm like, I have changed my mind and I've done some dumb shit, but you know, that's growth, that's growth and that's recognition and that's moving forward. So I encourage you to maybe think about some similar themes. Bye.